Welcome to the Next Level Facebook Ads Podcast with Phil Graham. We help you master Facebook ads and give you an unfair advantage over your competition. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Next Level Facebook Ads Podcast, episode 147. I'm Phil Graham. And today, my friends, I've got a very special episode for you because I've been doing this podcast for three years. And in that three years, I've only had one guest. And today we've got a very special guest by the name of Neil Patel. Neil, would it be appropriate to call you the godfather of SEO? I don't know if I'm the godfather of SEO, but I've been doing it for a long time. We'll a long time. Yeah, super excited to have you on the show today. And I got to know Neil, this must have been like eight or nine years ago when he was living in Seattle. And we had lunch a few times. And one of the things that really struck me about Neil was he was everybody knows he's ultra successful and and knows so much about marketing and all these things but he was also insanely friendly and giving not only to me but to so many other people out there too and that is actually rare in this industry so uh, I really appreciate you being on the show today Neil and I'm excited to deliver a lot of value for everybody uh, thank you thank you for having me and uh, this is gonna be fun yeah, definitely. So let's kick it off. Uh, maybe you could just tell the audience a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. Um, as you mentioned, my name is Neil Patel. I've been a marketer for a really long time. Um, I have a company called Ubersuggest, which is an app that helps you get more traffic from SEO or paid ads. Uh, and it has a free plan, so everyone should check that out. Uh, it's really easy to use. And then I have an ad agency called Neil Patel Digital, where we help companies grow their traffic, whether it's through social media, social media ads, SEO, uh, you know, CRO, pretty much anything in the whole digital marketing suite. Love it. And by the way, Uber Suggest is amazing. I actually remember a long time ago before you bought it, uh, I used that and then they, I think they shut it down and then you bought it if I remember right. And I remember it not being around for a while and it was like, dang, that sucks because it was super valuable. You, you have made it insanely, like infinitely more valuable. In fact, I was just, you know, SEO is the obvious use for it, but I was just using it the other day with a client because you can figure out so many great, not only keywords, but phrases that might work for a headline in a Facebook ad. So I agree 1000% Uber suggests is one of the best tools on the market for not only for SEO, but also for ads as well. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and funny enough, I bought it from the existing owner. It was still up and running. I'm the one who kind of messed it, shut it down for a bit. And then I, Oh no. So it's uh, your fault. <laughs> at least you, at least you, I'm, I'm glad you bought it though. The one thing is cool. There's so many tools out there that are insanely expensive and like hundreds of dollars a month and tons of tools. And you've made this super affordable. And like you said, there's also a free plan that fits tons of people. But even if you are more advanced, it's still insanely cheap. It's a no brainer. So definitely you guys check that out. We'll have links for that and for all of Neil's stuff on the show page as well at philgramdigital.com. But um, so you guys, we're going to be talking about a number of different things today. Obviously, this is a Facebook ads podcast. So we're going to focus a lot on Facebook ads. But you guys all know that I'm a big believer in not only advertising in one place and not only doing paid ads, but also doing SEO and, and many other things. 
So we'll start off with some Facebook ad stuff, but we'll probably venture into SEO and, and other business success type topics during this episode. But to start it off, Neil, can you maybe give us in your mind what the state of the union is when it comes to Facebook ads in 2020? Look, Facebook ads are still effective. I, a lot of people tell me, hey, they're expensive. It's not working. Well, a lot of other people are generating ROI. Um, and because they're generating the ROI, you're constantly seeing all ad costs going up. Uh, and they are going to keep going up, but you're going to have to keep getting creative on ways to maximize your conversion rates. And it is possible. It's still effective. Whether you love or hate Facebook, as long as people generate a positive ROI as marketers, they're going to keep doing it all day long. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, um, one of the things that people tend to do is if they try Facebook ads and they fail, maybe they lose some money. They just assume that Facebook doesn't work you know, or it doesn't work for their business. And I always kind of relate, I use a lot of sports analogies, but I kind of relate it to if you go on a basketball court and you shoot the ball, if you miss, it doesn't mean basketball doesn't work. It just means you weren't, you, you didn't make the basket. You got to get better. And a lot of times when it comes to Facebook ads, your strategy, your creative and all these things make such a big difference. And if, if, as long as the people are there, which they still are, it's, it's definitely a valid and great place to be with your ads for sure. A couple of things I want to hit on. I saw you had a really good LinkedIn post uh, like a day or two ago. And one of the things that I saw in there was something about personalized marketing. And I was wanting to see if you could talk a little bit about that, you know, kind of what that means and how either how you guys apply it or how somebody could apply that to a Facebook marketing type of funnel. Sure. So I look at personalized marketing as how can you give people what they want to see it when they want to see it, right? So personalization is in basic form. If someone's coming to Amazon to buy, because we all know what Amazon is, and you have a dog and you keep buying dog food, you would never show them cat food all of a sudden. They're only buying dog food from you and they have for a year. So me showing them cat food doesn't make sense unless they as a consumer start buying things related to uh, cats. Mm -hmm. Now, the question is, is, how can you personalize the experience, whether it's showing someone a different page because they're in a different country, uh, adjusting the language, uh, knowing that their IP is from Microsoft, uh, the corporation, showing something that's more enterprise versus knowing someone's on very slow broadband in the middle of nowhere, right? Like yeah. based on all these things, you can personalize. And one thing that we've seen to work really well in Facebook ads, and this is an example of personalization, if you go to one of our sites and we're running a remarketing campaign, you know, most people run an ad and then send you back to that landing page. If the person didn't convert in the first place when they saw that landing page, the chances are they're not going to convert again when you show them the same exact landing page. <laughs> Absolutely. But we know that if we pitch you through a logical approach, then we should probably try sending you to a landing page that has an opposite pitch, maybe emotional pitch. And, and we'll do some really cool things. Like if you went to a checkout page, but didn't buy, we may do a remarketing campaign and the remarketing campaign may be a video talking about what it's like if you bought the product or service, interacting with it, showing emotions, stats, data, right? Like we try to switch yeah. it up. That's the example of personalizing the experience versus just giving people the same generic ad copy and pitch, no matter what they've done on your website. Dude, I am so with that. I believe that to my soul 1000%. 
you know, I think so many people just run these broad general ads trying to catch everybody. And you end up really catching nobody a lot of times when you do that. And I think personalization and also segmented ads is actually the best way to compete against other people that spend more money on ads who are not doing that. Because you can like hit the nail on the head. I always say, imagine you're a dentist and you're, let's say you're a Seattle dentist. And if you knew that I liked the Seahawks, for example, and you sent me an ad about dental care and how that applies to somebody on the Seahawks or something like, you would get my attention so much more than if you just talked about something generic about dentistry. And so when you guys run ads, you can, you can do the personalization and the segmentation based off of data and what people consume. And then like Neil is saying, you can follow up with different things. And when you do that, it just takes it to a whole nother level. And most, I would say 99% of the people don't do that. Would, would you agree with that? I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> yeah. So I, I loved, uh, I love the idea of retargeting. I think a lot of people don't retarget at all, but it is true that so many people retarget just kind of sending people back to the same page that if it, like you're right, if it didn't convert before, it's probably not going to convert the next time. It might even annoy them, you know, a little bit more, but if you send them, it's just like if you send an email and they didn't open it, well, change the subject line. Don't keep sending the same subject line if you want them to open it. Next thing I saw that you were talking about, and I can't remember if this was on LinkedIn or somewhere else, but you were talking about voice search as something that I think you're really big on, whether that's now or in the future or both. And, and I am too. I'm not only that, but also podcasting. But talk to me a little bit about the importance of voice search and if people need to be kind of focused on that moving forward. Sure. So when you look at voice search, right, according to Comscore, 50% of the searches are voice these days. We're seeing that voice search uh, queries, like the keywords people are using are roughly double the length as people are typing in naturally into Google. So they're getting very specific. And, you know, these devices from Google Home to, you know, uh, Alexa, Apple has a device. I don't know if Facebook has a smart assistant, but I bet they're going to eventually create one if they don't already have one. Yeah. Uh, and you, you look at all these things, people want the answers right away and voice is just kicking butt. I think you'll end up seeing... Facebook and all these players integrating more things into voice because if I'm not mistaken I don't know what it's called but Facebook has that device where you can like uh, communicate with other oh members. yeah was it like a is it Facebook portal or something right. yeah yeah oh, so it's like you know they're gonna start integrating ads into all this oh, yeah. stuff WhatsApp, <laughs> all these types of channels it's just a question of when but um, yeah. I look at voice as something that they'll integrate how I don't know but Facebook just controls so many users Absolutely. And, and voice is being like, it's being built into cars now. It's, it's, um, I think in the future, it'll be built into walls when homes are built, there'll be Alexa and Google home, you know, devices and walls down the line. And it's including like when you talk about podcasting, I'm a big fan of podcasting. That's where I put the most of my focus besides ads, uh, podcasting and ads are the two things I focus on the most. And podcasting is great because people can multitask and they can be anywhere and listen to the podcast and it can there's also like if you look at youtube there's a zillion youtube videos on every topic and it doesn't mean don't be on youtube 
but people think there's a lot of podcasts and there are, but there's still so much less compared to like being on YouTube or somewhere else. So I feel like there's a huge potential for people still in that space as well. Yep. I totally agree with you on that. There's just so much potential anywhere. Right. So. Yep. No doubt. If you do it right, you give value and you work hard and, and do the right things. Okay. And let's talk a little bit about messenger bots. Cause I've seen you talk about the, the power of those. And um, a lot of people I think either don't use them because they're scared. They're going to annoy people or they overuse them to where they do annoy people. What is your take on messenger bots? And, and is that something you guys use? Uh, messenger bots is something that we use. We love them. The problem with messenger bots, whether you use many chat mobile monkey or any of these, the, the real problem with them is like you look at messenger bots and it's like Facebook is restricting them more and more and the rules yeah. <laughs> be harder for you to do well. The worst is text messaging, right? People will start getting irritated, but they're super controlling. Now, I think like if someone doesn't respond to you and engage with you in the first 24 hours, you can't really do much. And then when you want to apply to do all the Facebook Messenger stuff, you have to tell them what's the purpose, what kind of messages you're sending. And I get it, right? You got to make sure you're protecting people's privacy and stuff like that. But um, they're also putting it to companies as well, not just consumers, when they're just like, yeah, you want to market to these people? Pay us. Spend money. Yep ads boosting up your presence on facebook oh and then after you're done pay us to reach all the people that have now <laughs> yeah because the reach keeps going down to almost nothing <laughs> um yeah. so do you do you recommend people use messenger bots uh, i recommend that people when it comes to messenger bots i recommend that people should use them it's better than nothing and think of it this way whether they charge you or not or whether your reach isn't as good you can say the same about seo and email and social organic as well as push notifications and all the channels out there but use them because they're better than nothing yeah i agree and but just be careful and and don't overuse them but there's like a there's a happy medium there so let's talk a little bit about creatives, because I think this is where a lot of people also get tripped up when it comes to running successful ads. You've got to have good creatives on a consistent basis. And I like to use the example, in our last presidential election, there was two campaigns, and I saw a stat that just blew my mind. So Hillary Clinton's, Clinton's campaign ran about 66,000 split tests, different ads on Facebook. Wow. Donald Donald Trump's campaign 5.9 million in the same time frame. Wow. <laughs> I mean that's insane. They literally just sat there and uh, I guess um, I think Brad Parscale ran the digital campaign in the last election and I think they literally just had a team of people always tweaking and changing everything. Just let's change the word in this headline, let's change this image and 5.9 million versus 66,000 tests. That goes to show you these are people that spend some of the most money on ads in the world and look at what, how they're testing. You have to and have a small volume to do that many tests, right? It's oh yeah. Yeah. They're spending in, insane amounts of money. I love actually like looking at politics in terms of how they're uh, spending money on ads and all that kind of stuff. It's really super interesting to me. And I think that that made a huge difference in, in that campaign success last time. And, We'll see what happens this time. What do you recommend in terms of testing and creatives? Do you feel like people just kind of put out generic stuff and they don't test enough? What are you seeing? 
uh, we're seeing that people are running tests, but they're not running relevant tests. And here's what I mean by that. They'll be like, oh yeah, let's use this color instead of that color. Like all those things can impact conversions, but what really matters more than that is your messaging, your copy, like problems are you going to solve? Are you hitting pain points? Those things matter way more than let's tweak this color or this background image. Like the messaging impacts things more than almost any other element from what we've seen with CRO, but people very uh, rarely do they focus on understanding their audience, serving them, talking to them to get a better understanding of the type of campaign they should run versus just that ad hoc, just throwing up a ton of campaigns. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, I see that all the time in the clients that come on board. And I always, one of my suggestions is, you know, find out what are the two or three or four main reasons why somebody might do business with you. So if you were like a gym or a personal trainer, it might be to lose weight, build muscle, somebody else might do it to, for health, generic health or, or reducing stress. There's all these different reasons. And it's going to vary based on who it is. And so if you're talking to somebody about building muscle that doesn't care about that, you're going to miss the mark. So if you test and then you're using data to see who consumes what, and then you're smartly following up, giving them more of what they, what they consumed in the first place, that is a great way. And like Neil said, those are like ad angles. You know, we're not, we're just, we're not talking about changing a color or, or the button, although you could do that, but changing that angle of approach can make a huge difference. And I don't think people really focus on that very much. No, not enough. And it, it can literally, I've seen it make all the difference in the world between success and failure when it comes to Facebook ads. And I always tell people when it comes to ads, anybody can run an ad and there's a billion people that run ads. Anybody can push the buttons. You could literally have a 10 year old, you could show them where to put the text and how to push the buttons. But what, what makes successful ads is actually talent and experience. It's just like anybody can shoot a basketball, but very few people can play to the level of the NBA or who are a LeBron. And you get that talent and experience from number one, learning from people. And number two, putting in the work and using that data and then iterating off of that data. And that can make a huge difference for people. Neil, let's talk about branding a little bit. This is a topic where some people say it matters a ton. Other people say it doesn't matter at all. I would love to get your thoughts on it and whether you think it's important for entrepreneurs. And and if so, what should they do to to build or grow their brand? Okay. So you're familiar with the Kylie Cosmetics story, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's an insane, yeah. Billion billion dollars. Now, keep in mind, I think Kylie's smart, amazing. I don't know her at all in person, but as a businesswoman, smart, amazing. Yeah. And you look at her products. Again, I'm not trying to track crap. I'm trying to more so make a point of how smart and amazing she is. I don't use cosmetic products, um, but if I did, I, I would probably bet because the space is so saturated and been around for a long time, Kylie's products aren't the best products in the world, right? There's yep, probably other right. products very competitive. And so I'm not saying they're bad products, but there's probably other brands who have very similar quality products, okay? Um, because the space has been around for a long time. So it's like, what is her team? What new thing do they find that someone else already has it from one of these multi-billion dollar companies or even smaller ones? And I don't think it was much. Uh, and it doesn't mean that her products are bad. It just means there's not that much of a differentiator. 
But the big differentiator was brand. You know, her brand is what created that billion plus dollar company. Brands are your moats. I can go sell you a pair of shoes and let's say they're Nike knockoffs or I mean, they're uh, sports shoes and they're just as good as Nike, but they're $5. Do you, are you going to believe they're as good as Nike? No way. Not, right. Even though Nike's more, you're paying for that brand and you're just like, wow, look, it's Nike's. You know, my nephew would go to my sister, his mom, and be like, mom, 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 I want Nike's. They're going to help me run faster. <laughs> help you run faster. Maybe one of their shoes does if it's meant for track or something. I don't know. Or it's lighter. But in general, it's branding. That kid wants Nike's because you know what? That's swishing. It's out there and everyone sees it. That's a prime example of branding. And it's yeah. like you want a credit card. Do you go to Google and type in, what credit card should I get? Some people may. But most people already know I need a Visa, I want American Express, I want a MasterCard. And they just go with one of them. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, it's so true. Like, look at Apple. You can get a, you know, a $200 laptop, but there's a reason why people buy $2,000 MacBook Pros and why Apple is one of the richest companies in the world. It's because of that brand. And the, you know, even a $500 laptop or $800 laptop might be able to do pretty much everything a MacBook Pro does. But... There's a reason why Apple sells so many and it's brand. One of the things when you uh, were talking about brand, you know, making a big difference, a lot of times I'll get a client who, let's say it's an e-commerce store and they're selling, uh, let's say like apparel. And I look at their store and 99 out of a hundred times, it's just a bunch of products on a page. And I could literally get that stuff anywhere or variations of similar things anywhere. And I always tell them there needs to be a reason why they're buying from you besides just the product itself. Because no matter what your service or product is, people can get something similar from somebody else. And so if you guys think about how can you differentiate and what can you bring to the table and then focus on that as part of your offering in addition to the products, I think that's a good combination. Definitely. So, okay, a couple more questions for you. and. Uh, and then we'll go. But one of the things I want to ask you is, if you had to boil it down, what do you think maybe the number one biggest mistake people make with their Facebook ads or paid ads in general? What do you think that would be? The number one mistake I would say is they're not leveraging video enough. Um, yeah. You know, people already know the lookalike audiences, uh, testing creatives, copy, all that kind of stuff. But format-wise, we found that video tends to convert better than most of the other uh, mediums, assuming you can get the video right. And we know from our experience working with a lot of companies, and you know this as well, they're more hesitant on video because it takes more work. But oh, we yeah. found video ads convert extremely well if people are willing to take the time and energy to create them. Totally agree. Couldn't have said it better. I, I think video is still the number one most undervalued way to get attention right now as we are in 2020. And it probably will be for another 12 to 18 months. The prices will rise. But right now, it's an insane deal. It's crazy to think you can target. You could target soccer moms that live in a certain zip code and drive a Volvo with a specific video that speaks directly to them for not very much money. How crazy is that? Yeah, you can do it for really affordable, right? It works yeah. out well. 
like the marketers of, you know, way before our time, some of the classics, they would have killed to have our opportunity, you know, to be able to do what, what we can do these days. So, and also another thing with video, for those of you who will get on video yourself, like I do some video, I, I know Neil does a, little, a lot of video that I see, that also accelerates the no like and trust factor when it's just text on a page, you know, even if it's value, that's great. But when they actually can see you uh, or hear you like on a podcast as well, audio is also really good for that. That accelerates them knowing, liking and trusting you, which also can help you make more money and help a lot more people. Yep. So I got a good question for you. This, this one I get all the time. And I think a lot of our listeners will be glad I asked it. So in terms of competition, imagine a, a niche that is super crowded, which many of them are these days, most of them, the good ones. Yeah, I was going to say all the good ones are already crowded. Yeah, exactly. So what would be your advice for somebody wanting to stand out in a crowded niche? Let's say they're in the niche now, or maybe they're going to enter the niche, and they want to stand out. They feel like they have better products or services than people that are in that niche already, but they don't know what to do. What, do you, what would you suggest? Convey it with your copy, your messaging, your reviews. Uh, get that out there. If you can partner with influencers, that's huge. We've seen that to provide conversion lifts. Um, use videos to show how you're way better, why people should uh, go through you and buy your product service. But we don't see that one thing really moves the needle. Like when you have something that's way more amazing, the competition people don't know. We see it's a lot of little things. And the reason being is you, you uh, go back, you know, to the internet and creating online businesses six, seven, eight years ago, you were able to create successful businesses off of one channel. Facebook grew through the referral uh, emails that they were sending, you know, like so-and-so invited you to join Facebook. You know, there was companies like Yelp that grew through SEO. There was companies like Dropbox that grew through uh, referral marketing with the invitation flows tweet for more space, right? They're leveraging social media. Good channels become saturated and eventually they go to And the same has gone with businesses in which you used to be able to pop up a business, do really well with just a few tricks. But because there's so much competition, it's cheaper to create an online business than an offline business. You're not gonna find that silver bullet anymore. It's grinding it out and making a lot of these little tweaks, but they all add up. And when everything adds up and flows really well together, that's when you see the conversions increase. That's how you create a brand. That's how you stand out. And like I mentioned, it's everything from creating amazing video ads and content, showing people how to use your product, having amazing reviews, having influencers talk about it and promote it, um, going to events and being on stage and speaking about it or having boots. It literally is a combination of everything. And I know a lot of people don't like that, but you're not going to find one thing that helps you scale into a huge company. Yeah, 1000%. That's so true. And I actually, I actually love it because it, it will reward the people that work hard and innovate. And, and I think too many people are looking just for that easy button or the one magic bullet or they or they look at somebody who's successful and they're just like, okay, I'm going to do this one thing they're doing and expect the same success when it doesn't happen that way. So when you guys do everything that Neil was talking about, that's where great things happen. I look at competition. The other good news is there's a lot of bad marketing. I'm sure Neil can attest to this. Like every time you go on Facebook, you know, you see ads and 90% of the ads I see are horrible. They're like, 
they, they prostitute themselves, just going straight for the sale to cold audiences and not building the brand, not giving value. And so when there's a lot of competition, there's also a lot of bad competition. And I kind of look at that like, imagine this huge basketball court and there's like 5,000 people on the court shooting the ball. That's a lot of people. But if they're not very good, they're all bricking shots, airballing, hitting the rim and all this stuff. But if you put like somebody like Steph Curry out there who makes shot after shot after shot, even though there's a lot of other people missing, that stands out. So over time, if you're doing all of these different things, even if the market's crowded, you can stand out and carve a place for yourself in there and be very successful. And that's like the day and age we're in. It's hard work, but it's doable. Yep. No, totally agree. It's doable. Takes time and takes work. Just yep. people need to be willing to put in the time and energy. Just a lot aren't, but it is effective if you do. Absolutely. And that's the exciting thing. Two quick last things. This one, I'm, I'm really curious how you'll answer this one. You're, you're John Smith. You don't have any of your contacts. You don't have hardly any money. Let's say you have enough money just to live off of and you could invest maybe 10 or 20 grand into the business or advertising or something, but you had, you, you had no business. What would you do with, you still had all your knowledge and everything you know now, but you didn't have your contacts or money or anything like that. What would you do? What kind of company or business would you start and how would you get your first couple clients or customers? You, so you had all the knowledge, but you don't have any of the contacts. Correct. No contacts and a little bit of money, but not a ton of money. Uh, because online businesses are so competitive these days, uh, I wouldn't spend really any money. Um, I would go and either a get a job and build up some more cash flow because it just takes more money to do well these days online because it's just so competitive. Mm-hmm. Or b I would go create a blog or a website uh, and create a ton of educational content while I work nine to five. So if if you notice, I picked both of them were nine to five. Um, and I would create the educational based content and build up an audience. And then once I built up an audience, then I would work on monetizing. Uh, and the reason I say that is it's very sustainable. It's a really good idea. It's much more sustainable growth when you control your own audience versus being fully reliant on, you know, a paid ad channel or something like that. Gotcha. That's really good advice. Would you recommend somebody start an agency these days? Yeah, why not? It's a beautiful model. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, I think agencies are a beautiful model and I think they'll be around for a very long time. And you can make, there's a lot of money to be made if you're good. You know, you've got to be able to deliver the goods, obviously. But if you are good, there's a lot of money that can be made with clients because everybody wants and needs to get customers through through ads and other, other means. Okay, so lastly, let's talk really briefly about tools. So there's so many tools out there. Some of them are good. Some of them are a waste of money. Let's talk about what you think are maybe a couple tools that are super helpful to people. I mean, I'm going to throw out first Uber suggest and say that's, that should be number one on everybody's list because it is so helpful. And maybe you can mention and talk a little bit more about that, but then any other tools in addition to that, that you might recommend, whether they're free or paid, that would be beneficial for people. Sure. So Uber suggest will help you find uh, like if you're running Facebook ads, it'll help you find more keywords and categories to go after. It also teach you how to get more organic traffic to your website. So that way you're not always reliant on paying Facebook or traffic. And it breaks it down a really easy way and you can get started for free. Um, another tool is always have, uh, 
Google Data Studio running. So I know a lot of you guys already use Google Analytics. Google Data Studio is their version of a business intelligence tool where you can plug in things like your Facebook ads, your Google ads, uh, other channels as well. And you can have this dashboard of how your business is performing um, you know, on a daily, hourly basis. And it brings all the data together in one place. While analytics is much more limited, uh, you can do quite a bit more interesting things with Data Studio and how you bring in the data. Uh, it's a free tool. Uh, another one that I would recommend for everyone listening is uh, Ift. Have you have you heard of Ift? No, I haven't heard of that. How do you spell it? Uh, you know the if then ift dot com. Okay. It allows, especially when you're doing marketing online. There's so many different channels. It plugs a lot of them in together and just keeps it easy to be like, oh, I publish a blog post, automatically push out here or you know what I mean? Like you can do oh, nice. quite a bit of things and automate a lot of stuff. So that way you don't need as much, um, what is it called? That way you don't need as many uh, people to hire on your staff to do basic things that could be automated. Do you use something like that to like, if you post something on like on Instagram, it, it's going to go on LinkedIn and Facebook and other places? Is, is that something for that that tool would do? It would, yes. Cool. Okay. I haven't heard of that. I'm definitely going to check that out. And Google Data Studio. Yeah, man, that's amazing. You can really do some amazing things with that and make it look exactly how you want. So I love that. And then obviously Uber Suggest, that's a no brainer. Real quick, I want to go back to that previous question and give you one little variation and see what you would say. So you had all your knowledge. And let's say you had you had some let's say you had like 100 grand, you had living expenses and 100 grand in the bank. What would you do? In that same scenario? You wouldn't spend the 100 grand, I would build up the audience. I, I'm a big believer in the long game. And I prefer <laughs> to build my own audience, than just spend a ton of money on ads from day one. And I think that works very well for the long haul because then you're not relying on the increasing costs as much. And how do you build that audience through all the noise? That's the thing. Like people are probably thinking, okay, if I go out and put out all this value, what if people don't see it? Hey, you can boost the post on Facebook. You can run some ads and help, you know, accelerate things, but it still comes down to just building an amazing audience that people are so loyal so that they'll buy whenever you have anything to sell. But keep in mind when you're doing this, you know, you have to create some sort of value, whether that's content that's 10 times better than your competition or videos that are way better. You got to still create some sort of value or else you're yeah. not the audience. I think that's the key. And that's why you've done so well over the years is because you don't just put out content, you put out insanely valuable content and you've done it for a long time. If you're looking at expanding your business, growing your business, putting out amazing value is never a bad idea. Like some people, they want to hold back like their best information. And I always say, put it out there, put out your best info and help people. And I know Neil does that. And obviously it's worked extremely well for you. And I think it'll work great for everyone else as well. Literally, I think it can work out for pretty much everyone. Yeah. And if you have patience, work hard and then do all the things we've talked about on this episode. I mean, it's, it's very doable, which is exciting. So I just kind of want to summarize. I'm going to give my two cents on kind of overall what I think it takes. And then I'm going to let Neil give his two cents and kind of close out the show. And then we, we'll get a, a, a link to the, for the best way to contact you as well. But 
my belief when it comes to Facebook ads and paid ads in general, you guys is giving a lot of value at the top of the funnel. Don't prostitute yourself. Don't go straight for a sale unless you've got a really inexpensive product, but give value, entertain and expire and, and inspire and differentiate with your ads and then use data and smart retargeting behind that. And when you do that, you eliminate guessing or hope or chance. You're giving yourself the best possible way to succeed. And then create great creative with lots of testing. And like Neil said, testing the right things is the recipe for success. And talent matters. Get good at whatever you're doing, whether it's being a blogger, paid ads, whatever your main business focus is, don't just copy somebody and think because you're copying them, that's going to work. You've got to build the talent. When you do all those things, you put yourself in a place for success. And then Neil, what would be your summary of success in a sentence or two? Whatever makes you content in life. You know, success is going to be different for every person, but if you're content with where you are, then things are good. I know, you know, and I don't think it's money. And that's the reason I mentioned content. I also don't think it's happiness because happiness is a state of emotion. Like, when things are extremely good, right? Uh, and it's unrealistic for people to be happy 24 seven. Um, but that's what I'm saying, like you should optimize for being content in life. I love it. Not enough people talk about that. Someday we'll have to do, do this again and talk about some of that and some mindset stuff. But uh, I really thank you so much for being on the show. How can people get in touch with you and check out your stuff as well as Uber Suggest? What's the best way for them to reach you? Uh, you can go to ubersuggest.com or neilpatel.com. Awesome. Neil, thank you so much for being on the show, man. I really appreciate it. You guys, I hope you got a lot of value from this. If you want show notes or links to all of Neil's stuff, philgramdigital.com will get you there. And we will see you guys next time. Thanks again, Neil. No, thanks for having me. Thanks, everybody. Peace out. Thanks for listening to the Next Level Facebook Ads Podcast. Please remember to subscribe and share this with all your friends. For show notes, more tips, and to learn more about Phil, please visit philgramdigital.com slash podcast.